0: this in my heart for a number of years. I don't know if any of you have ever heard the old Frank Sinatra Christmas song, which uh, is entitled by the same, has the same title, Christmas Dreaming, and there is a phrase or a line in the song that says this, your promise must be the reason the happy season is here, so I'm doing my Christmas dreaming a little early this year. I think and I and I guess I feel impressed in my spirit in this Christmas season, I think it's time for us to do a little dreaming this year. And uh, when we talk about dreaming, I know there there's a love hate with it with a lot of people because some people are like, Well, I don't have dreams, I don't believe in dreams, I don't know, you know. And I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say something to every one of us. We all need to get a little bit more like children. Jesus said, have the faith of a child. How many know children know how to dream? They know how to dream. And so I wanna I wanna talk to us about this. Let me just let me just ask you a couple of things. Is there a dream in your heart? Do you have a dream? And if you don't have a dream, do you want one? Or are you have you lost your desire to dream? And so I, I, I believe God doesn't want to just inspire dreams in us this season. I think he wants to impart dreams into us. And so today we're going to look at this, and I want to begin by looking at the life of Mary and uh, how God imparted his dream into her heart. And I've entitled this message today, When God Puts a Dream in Your Heart. And I want to read Luke chapter 1. Verses 31 through 33. This is where the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary. And uh, she's just a young teenage girl. She's never known a man. She was betrothed or engaged to someone but had not been with him. And Gabriel shows up and says to her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you're going to call his name Jesus, and he will be great. Everybody say, he will be great. No matter what God ever does in you, it's always about Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I just want to point out that. We'll come back to that story and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But let's pray right now. I appreciate Luke praying for me, but I also want to pray and add to that. Lord, we just thank you for your presence here today. And God, I just pray that over these next few moments, God, that that a dream, maybe that has long since been forgotten, will be reignited in our soul. And I pray, God, that where we can't see beyond our own situation and circumstance right now, God, that you will bring to light what you are doing in our life and where you're taking us. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We need you in this place today, and everybody says amen. All right. Amen. So, when I was a kid, growing up in the 70s, which is why we're having a 70s Christmas party. No, I'm... When I was a little kid growing up in the 70s, we had in our home what I would call the Book of Dreams. And it would come in the mail long about August, September, and it was called the Sears or JCPenney catalog. <laughs> and I remember around that season when it would come in, I, just this is a side note, my mom would go through and rip out all the women's underwear parts of that. <laughs> So that when you're going through it, you're not paying attention to certain things. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Mom. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, I would go. I would flip through the book, and and I would, and I'd come across things, and I would dog ear the pages, or I would circle it, and then I would leave the book around, hoping that Mom would, you know, see what I circled, and she would see what I really wanted and get it for me for Christmas. And there was a couple of years, we were living in Louisiana at the time, and there was a, a couple of years stretch when I was down there, and I came across in Sears, the Sears catalog, this, cataloged this uh, go-kart. And uh, it was a motorized go-kart, and man, I really wanted that thing, and I circled that thing, I dog-eared the pages. I was, I, you know, and I, I remember, I believe it cost $199. And, uh, and I just really wanted that, terrible. I mean, we lived down on the rural... Uh, area down there in Louisiana, and there was a bunch of country roads. All my friends had little dirt bikes, mini bikes, or they had horses and ponies, and so here I am, all I got's a bike, and I want this, you know, I really want this go-kart. And uh, my mom and dad were not, you know, they didn't have a lot going on financially. They were raising five kids. They weren't making a lot of money in those years, and there was just no way that they could afford something like that for me, and so uh, they did great. I I have no complaints about my Christmases. This isn't me complaining about my childhood, but uh, that was one dream that I had that never came true. And uh, dreams can be like that. They can be elusive. And sometimes we dream things that we end up never getting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And sometimes if you look back at it, you're kind of glad it never did come true after you look back, you're thinking, oh, I'm glad that that never really happened for me. But then there are other times when we, we just give up on our dreams because they don't seem to be happening. It seems like this isn't going to work out. This must not be what God really has in mind. Or maybe this was just my own imagination. And so we just kind of give up. But then there, those, then there are those dreams, what I would call that something that sparks a sense of destiny in you that you can't help but feel has come from God. And I'm sure that some of our dreams are, sometimes our dreams are a little more than human fantasy, but I want to talk to you today because I believe God has dreams for us that are part of his divine destiny for us. It's not just fantasy, it's destiny. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think of people like Abraham. God gave him a dream in his older age that he would be a father of a nation that would bless all the nations of the earth. And there came a point in time in his life when he began to get discouraged about the dream and wonder if it was ever going to happen, but God took him outside and basically said, look up into the stars and dream about it again. Because what I've planned for you, the dream i put in you, this is not just your good idea or your vain imagination. This is my destiny for you. Or I think of Noah, when God put a dream in his heart, complete with plans, specific plans about not only saving his own family, seeing his family saved, but really basically rebooting society. Starting over again, I think about Moses who God reached out to him at the age of 80 and put a dream in his heart. It was in his heart when he was young, but he lost sight of that dream. But later in life, God recaptured his heart and gave him a dream to be a deliverer of a nation and to set an oppressed people free. There's all all these people in God's word throughout the Bible you find where God is putting his dream in the heart of people. He gave Paul the apostle a dream that the world, that the whole world, every, every nation, not just Israel, but all the nations, even the Gentile nations would come to know Jesus Christ. Amen. This wasn't fantasy. This was destiny. And I want to say something to you. This is a quote, and I'm not sure who said it, but here's the, here's the quote. The key to reaching your destiny is to remember your dreams. Can I get a good amen out there? Even if you don't like it or agree with it, just give me an Amen. Amen. One of the reasons why I love the Christmas story is that it really was a dream come true. As we saw in the little bumper video here, God dreamed of a day when broken humanity and and lost people would be restored into relationship with Him. And He would speak this dream, He would communicate this dream through His prophets. And over the centuries, what God was communicating to the people began to become a dream in the heart of the people. They were longing for this Messiah. They were longing for the day that God would come and save them and restore them and And do what he had promised to do. They didn't fully understand what it would look like, but they longed for that day. His dream got into their heart, and it became their dream. And so when it came time for God to fulfill his dream, as uh, we read here, God sent Gabriel to Mary. and, And basically wasn't just telling her what he was up to, but basically what he was doing was saying, I'm putting now my dream in reality in you. I'm going to bring my dream to pass through you. And so uh, this wasn't going to be just for her. Can I just say something to you? Your dreams or God's dream in you isn't just for you or just about you. It's to all the people. Amen. And if it isn't something that's to all the people, if it isn't something that brings glory to God and what God is wanting to do in the earth through you, then it probably is vain imagination and it probably is fantasy because God has a higher purpose than we do sometimes. Amen. Come on now, that's worth a good amen out there. So, do you have a dream? And I'm not talking about winning the lottery, I'm talking about a real God dream something that's deep in your soul, a longing, a desire, or an imagination, something that your heart either aches for or gets excited about or both. Sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's exciting, but it's a dream in the heart. If you don't have a dream, I believe God wants to give you one. And if you have a dream, I believe the Lord wants to speak something into your spirit in this season in which we live. Because as we close out this year and are moving into a new year, now is the time to dream again. Now is the time to dream again. So I want to just share with you some thoughts here today. When God gives you a dream, and I want to I draw from this idea of Mary's encounter with the Lord and how God put it in her spirit. When God gives you a dream, first of all, behold the dream. Behold the dream. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. He said, do not fear, for you have found favor with God. How many of you know that you have found favor with God? Oh, that was so half-hearted out there. How many of you know in this room you have found favor with God? If Jesus has saved your life, you have found favor with God. So he said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Verse 31, he says, and behold, you will conceive. And that word, behold, literally means see, Mary, see what God is doing. See what the Lord is beginning to work in your life. Open your eyes to the reality of God's plan and God's purpose and God's promise over you. This isn't just for the people, but in order for it to be for the people, I need you to see what God is doing. Amen. If you're going to have a dream, you have to open up your eyes to see, to behold The dream. To see what God is showing you. See what God is seeing. And behold the vision and the promise and the plan of God. Look at it. Open up your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Don't shield your eyes. Don't don't squint your eyes closed and clamp them shut. Open up your eyes and see with fresh sight what God is doing. Amen. Amen. That word behold means to see, implying to know for yourself. The word, behold, reinforces that the process of receiving from God is, involves seeing it when you don't even literally see it now. Come on, church. I have to see it in the spiritual if I'm going to experience it in the natural. That's where dreams start. They start by seeing it before you actually possess it. That's where dreams begin. We are to see it by revelation until we experience it in reality. Albert Einstein said, Imagination is more important than knowledge. Albert Einstein, who is, by the way, smarter than anybody else in this room, said, That imagination is more important than knowledge. You can have knowledge of a lot of things, but if there's no imagination, if there's no sight into the things that you cannot see now, and you just kind of go by what is temporal and what is right in front of you and by what you can figure out now, then, then the dreams don't begin to... We come into reality because we're not seeing it. And we're limiting ourselves. We're stopping ourselves short of what we could do and where we could go and what we could achieve by God's grace because we're only dealing in the temporal and in the now. You know a lot of things, but that doesn't mean you're going to possess a lot of things. Imagination, Albert Einstein said, is more important than knowledge. Paul the Apostle said in Ephesians 1.18, and this is even better than Albert Einstein, he said, I'm praying for you that the eyes of your understanding or of your heart would be enlightened, that the light would shine, that your eyes would be open, that you would see, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And even Paul knows if we're going to see, if we're going to achieve what God has for us, we've got, we need to see the light. Amen. We need to see what we don't presently have right here, right now. I don't possess it. I don't hold it here. It's not right in front of me. Angel Gabriel said to Mary, Behold, see, I'm doing something. I'm doing something. you got to see it. I've seen things for my own life or things concerning my, the ministry or uh, what God has called me to. And when Paul talked about the hope of his calling, and, and I've seen things, but I can also say because I haven't seen them yet, I tend to sometimes just close my eyes. And I think to myself, well, I haven't seen it. It's really taken a long time. And I probably was just seeing things that, you know, I was making up. Anybody else in the room ever grappled with those kinds of things? But maybe you weren't making this up. Maybe this is something from God. But you've got to open up your eyes again. And you got to look and you got to see. Is this making sense to anybody? When God gives you a dream, behold the dream. Behold it. See it. See it in the sense that you know it, even though you don't possess it. Amen. See it like it's yours. Amen. Number two, we need to believe the dream. Yes, all of these are in the key of B. When God gives you a dream, behold the dream, believe the dream. Everybody say believe. Now here's where the word believe comes from. Here's what the angel said to her. Behold, you will conceive. Everybody say conceive. You will conceive in your womb. Now the word conceive is more than passive happenstance. It's really a word that is very active. It means to grab onto, to seize by force, to arrest, to capture for oneself. The idea of conceiving here spiritually is to actively take hold of what God is offering, grab onto it, hold onto it, and don't let it go. You will conceive in your womb. Take hold of what I'm showing you. Take hold of what you're seeing right now by faith. Take hold of it. Grab onto it. Get a tight hold and don't let go. If we can't or won't conceive of it, we won't take the next step. I've got to not only see what I presently don't possess, but I have to believe that it's mine. That God wants to do this through me. Amen. I hope you're doing okay with this. We're doing some Christmas dreaming. Amen. If we can't, I want to say it again, if we can't or won't conceive of it, then we won't take the next step to go there. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 8, 13, he said to the centurion who asked Jesus to heal his dying servant, and the centurion said to Jesus, you don't even have to show up at my house. I just know whenever you say something it happens. And then Jesus said to him, "Go your way and as you have believed so it will be done for you." Look at that look at those words. Go your way and as you have believed so it will be done for you. Now That's not just a verse in the Bible that we can all just kind of read and say, isn't that really cool? That's your verse. That's your Bible. That's God's word to you. And when Jesus said that, the the Holy Spirit put it in the word of God so that we could go to that and reference it and it be God's promise for every one of us concerning our faith and our trust in what God's doing in our lives. And so the Lord says, go your way. Live your life. Go after it. Get on with it. Because as you have believed, it's going to be done. Amen. We need to believe. Here's what we need to believe. We need to believe that God has given us the capacity to dream. God, how many of you know that we were all made in the image of God and after his likeness. God is a dreamer. Before he said it, he thought it. He saw it and he spoke it into existence. We are, we are at our most creative, or we are most like our creator when we are uh, being created creative. We're, we're more like him. And so we're made in the image of God. And so God has put within me the ability, the capacity to dream. And of all God's creation, we, are, we, think, we have the ability, the capacity to think about the future. We're not like animals. animals operate out of instinct, but we operate out of thinking. Amen. I know you think you're sitting next to a dog, but <laughs> amen We are not driven by instinct we're We're led by thinking, and we can dream. so You need to believe that God has given you the capacity to dream. And we also need to believe that the dreams he's showing us is what he actually wants for us. We just sang a song just a few moments ago, Good, Good Father. Is he good or not? Does he want things for us or not? Does he have plans and purposes for us or not? Did he give us promises or not? Oh, I could never. Oh, I would never. You know what? You never. (laughs) You know? And I'm preaching to myself right now. But we have to believe that dreams, what God is showing us in our dreams is actually what he wants for us. I want to show you a verse of Scripture. This is found in Genesis 41-32. And this is Joseph responding to Pharaoh who had these two dreams. And Joseph said, the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established or literally fixed by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. And so what Joseph was saying to Pharaoh is God has given you a dream and of course this was a dream in the night but how many of you know that sometimes God gives dreams in the night to validate what He's doing in our heart? And so he said God has given you this dream so that you know what He's up to concerning you. That this is God's doing. God is showing you what He wants for you. Praise God. And we need to believe that. Do you believe it today? Do you believe it? Number three, we need to bear the dream. If we're going to see the dream of God happen in our lives, we need to behold it, that is to see it. We also need to believe it, conceiving it in us. But we also need to bear the dream. And what I mean by this is we need to carry it full term. Because what God was doing in Mary is oftentimes what God is doing in every one of us. That something is being conceived in us. And we've got to carry this thing full term. In Luke chapter 2, verse 5, it says that Mary was with child. And you know what? When you have a dream, that's what you are. You're with child. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And uh, just just like a natural pregnancy, there is a gestation period where something miraculous is going on on the inside of you, and in a word, we use this. Oh, she's expecting. That's the terminology we use with pregnant women. Not that she's eating a lot. She's expecting. She's expecting. Just as Mary carried the dream of God in a room, so do we in our spiritual womb. We carry God's dream. And this expecting period of God's dream is marked by some things where we're going to have to carry this And when we carry this, things are going to happen to us. Things are happening in us. Things are going on in our life. But it's all a part of the dream. It's all a part of what God wants to do in the earth and what he wants to do through you. Not just in you, not just for you, but through you because that's what this is all about. It's not about you. It's not about your own happiness. I mean, me getting that go-kart, that was all about me. That was all about my joy, my pleasure. I wanted that. I never got it, but it's okay. I don't think I'm wounded over it. But there are other things that are more important that aren't just about me and about my joy and about my happiness, but about the will and the purpose of God. But I have to carry it. And it takes a while. And we have to hold on to it. And what happens to us in this period of gestation while we are expecting, everybody say expecting, Turn to somebody and say, you look like you're expecting. Go ahead and tell them that. Some of the ladies are like, get back. (laughs) You look like you're expecting. Well, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening to us. God is growing us. He's enlarging us. He's growing our capacity for what he wants to do through us. Dreams keep us growing and keep us pressing toward the high call of God in our lives. When you have a dream, it's forcing you to develop that dream and grow and believe and go after that dream. And it's going, you're going to take on a different shape. You're going to look completely different than you used to look. Don't worry, you're going to have a glow. It'll be a glow. Be like, no, it's gross. No, it's a glow. You look great. No. Carrying the dream full term, and you're going to go full term. Amen. And it's going to grow you. It's going to enlarge you. It's going to affect your appetite too. You're going to eat differently. Dreams will do that to you. It'll give you an appetite for God's will. A greater appetite for what God is doing. Where we're not just eating for ourselves. We're not just consuming what we want. But we're really eating not just for two but for everybody. This is for not this isn't just about me or for me. This is for what God is doing. So go ahead, eat. Get your fill. Get full. Amen. This bearing the dream will also change the way you walk. It will you'll start walking differently. When you're carrying, when a when a when the, the ladies start carrying babies. They get in and out of chairs different. And uh, they walk different. They've, it's turned from this beautiful runway model thing to waddling. <laughs> Swinging it back and forth. Carrying, carrying the weight of God's dream in you. Is going to change the way you walk. It's going to change the way you live and the choices you make and how you conduct yourself because there are certain things now you can't do anymore. Certain things that you can't eat anymore. You know, it's going to change things in you because you're carrying the dream. It, and you're, it's, now you are living not just for you but for this. And you're number, you aren't number one anymore. You're actually number two. Even in your own mind, it's all about what's going on here. And so God gives you a dream and it changes, changes you, it changes your walk and you'll be a lot more careful about how you live and how you get up and how you get down and where you go. Just like Joseph, God gave Joseph a dream when he was young. And in his youthful zeal, he bragged about it, which he should have never done, but he did, and he got himself in trouble. But he still had a dream, right? God gave him a dream and said, this is what I'm going to do in you and through you for the nations of the earth. And Joseph, he... After he shares his dream, his brothers take him and they throw him into a pit and then later they sell him into slavery and then he ends up in Potiphar's house and then he ends up into a prison. And all the while, Joseph must have thought, probably, he probably thought, oh, that was a pipe dream. Oh, that was, a, that was, a, that was just a vain imagination and I'm, I, I've lost the hope. I've lost the dream. No, all along the way, Joseph didn't realize he's living the dream. Amen. The dream was being lived out because everywhere he went, when he was in the pit, when he was sold into slavery, in Potiphar's house, in the prison, here's what he did. He made choices and decisions. Like cream, he rose to the top. Everywhere he went. Why? Because the dream was there. It changed the way he lived. And if you're going to see what God wants to do in your life in this season and going into the next season of our life, because I really believe this is a season not just of change, but a season of dreams. If we're going to get there, We've got to let, we've got to bear this thing. We've got to carry this thing full term and we need to let this thing grow us, enlarge us, affect our appetite, the way we, the things that we love and things we don't love and we need to change our walk, but we also need to let this dream transform our affections. Like babies in the wombs of their mothers, something happens in the mother's life that just really, she starts thinking not about herself but about this one that's in her what's go- going on in her dreams cause us to be sensitive to what is happening and love what is coming even before it's there we're, we're fixing up bedrooms i guess the old terminology for all of us old folks is we call it they're nesting you know they still say that great awesome Old and young. See, old people, we're okay. They still use our terms. Nesting. And it trans. we're just getting ready. We're, we're getting ready. We're we're it's it's gonna happen. Amen. So when God gives you a dream, when God really gives you a dream, see it, conceive it, carry it. Carry it with you. Let, it, let the dream do what the dream's going to do. Let it transform you. Let it work in you. But then there's one final thing that we need to do with that dream, and that's we need to bring forth the dream. The angel said to her, you will bring forth a child, and he will be great. What God is doing, the dream that was in God's heart has now been, and will be now imparted in you, and you will see it, conceive it, carry it, and you're going to bring it forth. You're going to bring it forth. What God does in us, He wants to do through us. And this is the the birthing process. This is the uh, the birthing process is is uh, is that time of expectation, and this is when it can really get. Difficult, of course. This is the time when I went to sleep while Julie handled it. Well, it was at 3 o'clock in the morning. When it's time to bring forth the dream, be packed and ready to go. Be packed and ready to go. This is, all, this is good information for the, those of you who are going to be pregnant shortly. <laughs> be, be, pre- be packed and ready to go. When it's time, it's time. So here's what we got to do. we got to prioritize our living. Get ready. Because something's going to happen. And we need to be ready for when it happens. Come on, can I get a good amen? It's time to get ready for it. It's time to get our lives in order. Time to get our... You know, just get everything in our life in order because something is going to take place and it's going to happen. And so, be packed and ready to go. Be ready to move when the dream starts moving, when the transition starts taking place because God is up to something. And now is the time to get ready Don't think, oh, I'll pull it all together at the last minute. That's where you start having babies, in taxis. (laughs) Be packed and ready to go. And then also, we need to breathe through the pain. Now, one of the things about being pregnant is that I guess it's really painful, they tell me. How I many of you know that seeing your dreams through to reality can be very hard? It's not easy. And sometimes it comes with great intensity and great pain. It takes longer than we wanted, and uh, a lot of times. And I heard that, that the most painful time is just before the birth, like just before the birth. This is also what the doctors call transition. When the doctors say you're transitioning, hold on, it's going to get worse. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. I I could just feel women in the room like, who are you two talking to me about this? I've been there. I know what it's like. This is for the guys. Ladies, you you know what you're doing. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3 says, for a dream comes with with much business and painful effort that's how dreams come they are not this can be super painful to go through this remember martin luther had a dream he said i have a dream where you know people of color can sit together and we can all respect and 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 but the process of that dream during those years was a very painful Thing that happened in society. And it's, it's like that, dreams like Joseph, I'm sure, or even Abraham, you know, or, or Moses. There were painful times of seeing those dreams come into reality. Think of the apostle, he had the dream, he had the heavenly vision, he called it. He said, God showed me, I have a dream, I had a vision, but he was beaten, he was shipwrecked. He went through pain to birth this forth. To bring it forth into his world, and so, don't think that this is just—you're going to wake up someday, and the present's going to be under the gift, and it's going to be all, you know, just hunky dory. It's going to come with some pain and some heartache along the way. But we have to breathe through it. We have to breathe through it, and know that we're going to get through this. A lot of people have gone through this before me. And they've come out the other side, and God was good. Amen. He was good to them. He's going to be good to me. But it's painful sometimes. But So we need to be packed and ready to go. We need to breathe through the pain. But we also, concerning our need, uh, our dream, we need to push at just the right time. We need to push at just the right time. Everybody say push. Okay. Jesus said, I love this, Jesus said in John sixteen twenty one, a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Come on, that's good news, isn't it? When you're, in, when you're in it, you're like, I'm sure when the ladies would attest to this, when you're in that moment, you're going to kill that guy that did this to you. You're never going to do this again or some, you know, it's probably something like that. And then when you see the baby, it's like, let's do this again. No, not that quick. I remember after the third child, Julie was just like, go to the doctor now. We're never doing this again. Our third child was 10 pounds. I think I understand why. Sometimes we had a big dream that day, right, Julie? That was the dream to end all dreams, a 10-pound baby. Amen. Come on, isn't God good? I bet you didn't come to church thinking you'd hear stuff like this today. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do things like this today. But I love Jesus' words. If you'd bring that back up for me, Sherry, I want to see that John 16. Jesus is referring to the dream that he had. Um, Is it up there yet? John 16, there we go. He says, a woman, when she's in labor, you know what he's referring to? He's referring to the hour of travail that he's going to be going through on the cross. He said, this is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. Painful. But oh, the joy of what's going to happen when it's all said and done. Just like women, when they travail, giving birth to those children, it's painful at the time, and the dream that God has in you, the dream that he's put in your soul, and the dream that you have long since forgotten, God is saying, this won't be easy, but it will bring joy. Hang in there. It won't last forever. You're going to get through this. And I, I just came to tell you today that I think we're in a season of dreaming. God wants us to dream again. I think over the last few years, what has ever happened has sucked the life right out of us. In many respects, it sucked the hope right out of us. It's, it's just kind of put a pall of heaviness over us as a people. And even in the kingdom of God, and we're just, we're just trying to still get by. We're still, we're still fussing and fighting and just kind of warring against the man. And we're just kind of caught up in, in the wrong battles. We need to see what God is seeing. And what We need to be about what God is doing. We need to dream again. We don't need to be oppressed by society. You know, when I looked in the Bible, when I looked throughout the scriptures where I found dreams mentioned in the Bible, there are three separate places where you find the dream, the word dream, in clusters. You find it in Joseph's life in the book of Genesis, which was all about God's formation of the nation of Israel. Then you see him in the book of Daniel. Where it was all about the dreams that God was giving to Daniel or the interpretations of dreams, where Daniel, where God was saying, I'm gonna restore the nation and I'm gonna set up for the coming Messiah. And then the next place you see clusters of dreams is in the Christmas story in the book of Matthew. And in every one of those places, the dream came and then the shift and the move of God came. And then I want to remind you what Acts chapter 2 verse 17 said. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter said this is what the prophet Joel talked about when he said, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I believe we're living in the generation of the dreams, of God birthing dreams in people's hearts because he's getting ready to do something. But nothing happens without a dream. Nothing. It begins with a dream. It begins there. So let's dream, amen? Amen. Katie, would you come? God wants to do some things in us. Let's all stand together. God willing, I'm going to talk next week about when your dreams become nightmares. But don't think about that part. Let's just think about, I have a dream. Maybe it's a dream I gave up on. Or, I believe God does have a dream, but I can't see it. Have the prayer people come forward at this time and, If you're here today and you can come up for prayer for anything, anything you have, if your heart is heavy, if you're anxious about something, if you need the peace of God, you're welcome to come. But I want to especially make an appeal to you today. If you've lost sight of the dream, if God has shown you something, but you feel like it's just evaporated before you, God has a plan for your life and he wants to bring it to pass. But he needs you to hold on, to conceive it, to see it, to carry it, so that you can bring it forth. i invite you to come and receive prayer. Can we just pray right now? Father, we would just thank you for your presence here today, and we thank you for the truth of your word, and we thank you, God, that you are a God who has poured out your Holy Spirit, and you give us visions, and you cause us to dream dreams. and i just pray god that in our spirit we would receive it this truth afresh today god that you want to do something but you need people to dream again to be like you and see in the chaos what could be in the void what should be. And I pray, God, that we would receive it today, conceive of it today, afresh and anew. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. And I pray, God, that as we leave this place, God, that we will go out and we will see what you see and that we will do what you do over this next week. God, have your way through every life And I just want to say in closing, may the Lord bless you. And may he make his favor to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. So go with God. Amen. God bless you all. Come if you need prayer.